0: So good to see you all this morning, and we're glad that you're here today. As we uh, come to the end of this series, we're going to get uh, finished up here in the book of Ruth today. Uh, but I did share some news with you last week on a personal basis, and uh, I told you that I'd have a follow-up news about that. And so our grandchild will be a... Boy! Yeah, be a boy. And, and Big Sister is so excited. See, uh, they had the reveal with some... Deal that shoots out confetti and it was all blue. And and it's so funny because the video you're watching and looking at her, and she's kind of looking around like, What's going on? I don't know. She doesn't get it, you know, and she didn't understand. But then later they explained it a little bit more, and there she is holding up the the blue confetti. She's going to be a big sister to a little baby brother. And so we're excited about that. That'll be coming. I'll just let you know now that somewhere towards the end of August, your pastor and wife will probably not be around. we'll be in Austin Texas you know and actually yesterday we got a video of her climbing up this little thing and and we're watching this video that they sent us and it's all exciting and then wait a, wait a minute on the edge of the video barely there you can see it's like that's Stephanie that's the other grandma and you know when you get to see that picture when the, or the video and the other grandma's there that little tinge of jealousy gets in there <laughs> it's like wait a minute why is grandma there we're not there you know Of course, they moved to Fort Worth just a few months ago, so they're that much closer. But uh, anyway, yeah, that that little tinge of jealousy there, but uh, nonetheless. All right, we finish up the book of Ruth today. And and let me just tell you that as we finish up today, we're going to be going in next week into a new series on Jesus. Jesus, the hope of the world. And so I encourage you, if you want to begin to read about the life of Jesus, I always try to encourage you to do this. one of the gospels, all the gospels. I'm not going to be following one set gospel. We're going to be looking at several aspects of the life of Jesus, several things that happened in the life of Jesus. But uh, maybe you've never read or haven't read in a long time. I'll say it that way. Uh, Maybe the book of Mark or the book of John, uh, any of those. So you can begin to think about the life of Jesus. As we finish this uh, series on the book of Ruth and Ruth, uh, that that whole story of love and loyalty, but today the story of redemption, then we're going to get Into a series of our great Redeemer, and so uh, it's going to tie in that series, next series, into what we've been looking at. So, uh, just to remind you, we finish up today. We've talked about uh, Ruth chapter one was choices. Uh, Ruth chapter two was that great word has said, which is loving kindness. Last week we looked at the whole idea of love, God's agape love, and now today the message. The title of the message is a message of redemption. We finish with this great understanding of redemption. The last chapter, the last part of the story. My hope is that during this message series, you've done two things. One, you've understood God more. Because anytime we study the Bible, we need to, what is the Bible saying about God? And then number two, I hope you've learned a little bit more about your own self. And how you need God's loving kindness and his love. And today, understanding we need his redemption as well. Before I read chapter 4, let me just remind you where we took off. Last week, um, basically, Ruth asked Boaz to marry her. Remember? You know she goes out to the field, uncovers his feet, and then they have that whole scenario there, and she asks to marry uh, her and he says, basically, I will, but there is another kinsman redeemer that 's closer in line, and so we end that chapter with Boaz heading back into town to do his part, to see what's going to happen, and Ruth heading back to Naomi and sharing with Naomi all that happened. And that last phrase, remember, we talked about love is patient because they had to patiently wait to see what God was going to do. So now let's pick it up in chapter 4. So Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. When the family redeemer he had mentioned came by, and let me just say it this way. It's so interesting. This, this person, this man, is never given a name. Just mentioned in this one chapter, never given a name. That's how insignificant, really, he is for the overall picture. But he could be the kinsman redeemer. Boaz called out to him, come over here, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called 10 leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, you know Naomi, who came back from Moab. She is selling the land that belonged to her to our relative Elimelech. I felt that I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of the witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I'm next in line to redeem it after you. And then the man replied, all right, I will redeem it. And then all of a sudden, Boaz (laughs) adds another little thing to it, okay? He didn't say it at first. Then he says, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth the Moabite widow and that way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family and the family redeemer replied then I cannot redeem it because this might endanger my own estate you redeem the land I cannot do it and in those days it was custom in the in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it over to the other party what if we did that today you know so foreign, you know, today I think there'd be f- shoes flying all over the place of what it would be. <laughs> this publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his shoe, his sandal, and he, he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Then Boaz said to the leaders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Mahlon. And with with the land, I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Mahalon, to be my wife. This way, she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the leaders and all the people standing there replied, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is now coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. "'May you be great in Ephrath and famous in Bethlehem. "'And may the Lord give you descendants by his young woman, "'by this one young woman who will be like uh, uh, those of our ancestor Perez "'and the son of Tamar and of Judah. "'So Boaz married Ruth and took her home to live with him. "'When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, "'and she gave birth to a son.' And the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has given you a family redeemer today. May he be famous in Israel. May this child restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you so very much and who has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took care of the baby and cared for him as if he were her own. The, one, the neighbor women said, Now at last Naomi has a son again and they named him Obed he became the the father of Jesse and the grandfather Now listen to the line, the lineage here. This is important. And this is their family line beginning with their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nahshon. And Nahshon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of whom? King David. There's the line. The wonderful, wonderful line. I love, I, love, I love the book of Ruth. I'm so glad we've been able to have, spend some time in the book of Ruth and, and look at this wonderful story. And as we finish it up today, we're going to be talking about this message of redemption. And so I want to get right into it so we can have time to, to look at it and then also have time for the Lord's Supper. Uh, as, as we look at it today, the first thing we see in this message of redemption is that God provided Ruth with a son and a daughter, and a, a, a husband and a son. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Uh, God provided for them a husband and son. You look at verse 13, he marries her, God provides and enables her to become pregnant, and she gives birth to a son. I want you to see it this way. Boaz fulfilled his promise to be the family redeemer. Remember, he, he took off, he went to the, the gate, and he has that encounter there. The other man at first says, hey, I, I'll take care of it. And then he finds out he has to take Ruth. He says, no, I don't want to do it. You take care of it. You, you have it. And, and so he becomes the family redeemer. He, he takes that responsibility. Remember, we talked about it last week of the right marriage. And I love the way God has this in this story. Once again, here is Ruth. She's a Moabite woman. She's not even a part of the, of the promise, if you will. She's not Jewish. And yet through Ruth, God is going to continue the line of Judah. God's providence in all this. Remember in, the, in chapter 1 when Naomi looks at her two daughters-in-law and says, you know what, you guys ought to go back to Moab because you, if you go with me to, to Israel— You're not even going to be able to have husbands. (laughs) Little did she know. God has another plan. God had another idea in mind. She thought it was impossible, and God says, I'm the God of impossible, and and he takes care of it. Boaz marries Ruth, and they have a son. I, I think of it this way. In our society today, Boaz and Ruth would be prime candidates for what we call the specialist in fertility, right? We have all these places nowadays. You know, Boaz is older. Ruth has not been able to have a a, a child. And so we would say, oh, you guys need to go to a, a specialist, a fertility specialist. And God says, I am the fertility specialist, you know? I'm in charge. I'm in control. I know what's best. And it's all in my timing. That's what he's saying. And he allows her to have a son. It's all part of God's I love the way the the story kind of quickly moves on a son is born this this providence of God and and all of a sudden here comes this real beautiful miracle a child you know the marriage was important but now we see something even more important and that's the birth of a child and and you and I know how much we love the birth of children right well you guys are as asleep as the first service you cannot tell me that you don't love the birth of children. Just a few minutes ago, y'all were shown two babies, and what did y'all say? Aww. Ah, and y'all don't even know them. <laughs> You'll never see them on this side of glory. And yet, what did you say? Ah, we love when babies are born. We just love babies. Yeah. <laughs> So so we're thinking this marriage is so important that Boaz would marry Ruth because he'll be the family redeemer. And it is important, but really quickly the Bible moves on and says, ah, that's past, that's history. And now we've got a baby, and he's a boy, and he's a son, and he will carry on the family name. Another thing I love about this, this passage, verse 11, both Boaz and Ruth are elevated in their status Look at verse 11. You'll see there that, that the people at the, at the time of the court, if that, that was a court basically, that setting, they say, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is now coming into your home like Rachel and Leah. I, you need to understand that is a huge, huge compliment. She's a Moabite woman and they're saying she is going to become like the two women who brought life to all of Israel. And then he goes on and says, and, and may you be great, Boaz, and Ephrath, and in, in Bethlehem. They're elevated in status. The reality is, though, it wasn't about them. It's about God. About his plan, his providence, and the way he just follows through step by step. God provided Ruth with a husband and, and a son. God also provided Naomi with a family redeemer. Provided Naomi. If you look at verses 14 through 17, You begin to see the baby is born, and they begin to talk to Naomi, and they're saying, praise the Lord. And and here's the the thing, the baby is born, the baby belongs to Ruth and Boaz, but they are all of a sudden kind of out of the picture. Did you notice that? I mean, the baby's born, and then we're really not told anymore about Ruth and Boaz, mom and dad, or or history. I love that as a grandpa, you know. (laughs) Can I do the same thing with my grandson coming, you know? But they're, they're history, Who comes into the picture is the son and the the child and the new family redeemer, Obed. I mean, the child, a a tremendous blessing to Naomi. That's what they're saying right here. In fact, look at this. Think of it this way. Boaz is the family redeemer, but this child, now that he's born, will take that place. He becomes the family redeemer. He's considered Mahlon's son. He'll restore Naomi's vitality for life. He'll remove her shame and embarrassment for not having any children and grandchildren. He will provide for her in retirement. He will work for her and and take care of her. Yes, Ruth also. Boaz is there to take care of Ruth, but Naomi is the one that has the family redeemer. And here, I love this also. It all ties in. Obed, that name, means servant. He comes in as the servant. He comes in as the child who will serve as the kinsman redeemer, as the family redeemer. He will fill that role. I think of it this way, poor Boaz, you know, he's the one that this whole story, he's been kind, he's taken care of them, he's given them all these things, and he's worked really hard to be the family redeemer, and then all of a sudden the baby's born, and boom, he is history. You know, isn't that true, dads, you know? (laughs) When the baby comes, you're history, man, it's all about that baby. And re- yeah, until the morning when they're crying. Is that? Three in the morning. Oh, three in the morning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> then you get the elbow and say it's your turn. You know. <laughs> but it, but here we see that 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 it all fades away. Even Ruth fades away. But before she fades away from the screen, scene. I love this. It says in there that Ruth is going to be blessed. Why? Because she has been great to Naomi. Listen to this. Better than seven sons. I want you to hear this well. Again, the greatest compliment. In a patriarchal society, in the Israelite society, the, the perfect number of sons was how many? Seven. And Naomi, or they, uh, Ruth, they say, is better than seven sons. That is the greatest compliment that she could have. And she'd already been complimented before that. God knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He's in control of all this. Obed comes and becomes that servant. Here's the next one, though. I I love this. We stop here and we begin to think, ah, this is wonderful. But the reality is God provided Israel with a king. He provided Israel with a king. If If you look at verses 17 through 22 that I read, there is the lineage and Obed becomes the, the father of Jesse, and Jesse becomes the father of David. And, and do you think, really think that Naomi and Boaz and Ruth understood all that at that point? Absolutely not. They, they were just like, ah, oh, praise the Lord we have a, a son, you know? They, they didn't think of all of that. Here's, here's the way I like to look at it. A few months ago, my daughter and I, Andrea and I, we went hiking. We hiked Picacho Peak. And we got up to the top. And there was a man up there with a group, and he had a, a, a drone. And he was flying that drone around, and it was really cool watching that drone. I had never been that close to really watch the drones fly around. But there's drones flying around. I wish I could have seen the video of the drone. That, that would have been neat to see as well. But, but you've seen some of those videos, right? People nowadays, have, they have drones all over the place, and, and, and they, they get this bird's-eye view. I, I've loved some, some of them I've seen where they go out over the ocean and they see things looking down, like whales and sharks and all this. And it's really cool, I think. Here's what I want you to understand. God has that drone perspective. When, when uh, Naomi and, and Ruth and Boaz, they were thinking of just, you know, right now, here and now. God's saying, no, I've got a bigger picture involved. I've got so much more involved here. He has that drone perspective. You know why there's so much more involved? Because this is important of the line of Judah. This is the line of Judah that carries on to King David and even beyond. I think sometimes you and I, we need to kind of step back from life. I think sometimes we need to step back and say, you know what? What is God saying? What is God doing here? What is God doing? And try to get a drone perspective, you know, even, listen to me, even the bad things that happen in life, what does Romans 8 say to us? He can turn it into good. He can turn it into good. And so we need to step back and be careful. Sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day, the, the moment, the, the, that time right there, that we're, we don't see what God is doing in the greater perspective. The line of Judah continues through Ruth. Obed becomes the grandfather of David, carries on. By the way, this goes back to Genesis 49, 10, if you want to write that down. That's when the promise was given to, to Judah that he would be a line of kings. So that, that promise, if Boaz had not come along, that promise could have been broken. Well, of course, we know God's in charge of everything. He would have never allowed that to happen, but that's the way to see it. It was breaking right there, but God in his providence and his in control, he says, no, I've got a plan here. You guys see just the the, the trees. I'm seeing the whole picture from above. And then we see another thing that's important. Not only did he provide a king for Israel, he provided the world with a savior provided a savior for us that came through this line you know we see ruth and boaz again later in the bible in the new testament you know where matthew chapter one in the lineage why because they're part of the line of of the king not just king david but king jesus as well god provides a savior for us for you and i through this moabite woman named ruth isn't that wonderful The Lord is in control of it all. The Lord has that greater picture, and that's what we got to remember. The greater picture of this whole story is Jesus. It's not even Obed. It's Jesus. It's not King David. It's Jesus. That is the greater picture of everything that's going on. All the events, all the circumstances, everything that's going on, he brings it down to Jesus. And if he's in control of all that, don't you believe that he can be in control of your life as well? He he knows what's going on. Nothing catches him by surprise. He is in control. Here's another way I'd like to say it. God is in the redemption business. If if we've not learned anything else in this this whole series on Ruth, we need to understand and see that that God really is in the redemption business. Business. He is there to redeem us. The whole book, the whole story of Ruth is about redemption, about God's redemption. And she goes from Moab to gleaning fields of Boaz to the threshing floor and to finally having the family redeemer. But I want to remind you something. To be a family redeemer, you had to, to meet three requirements. Three requirements. Let's look at them. The first one is this relationship. You had to be a blood relative. For you to be a family redeemer, you had to be a kinsman. You had to be a blood relative. We established that, didn't we? Through the whole story, we saw that Boaz was a family redeemer. He was blood relative of Naomi, and so he could claim that place of being a blood relative. But I also want you to understand that Boaz is a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a redeemer, a family redeemer. And we may think, well, wait a minute. He's not blood related. He, he's not part of our family. And I would say to you, I disagree. Because John chapter 1 verse thir- 14 says it this way. The word, Jesus Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. Now that's a real redeemer. That's someone who says, I really want to do this. I want to. Get. Uh, if, uh, Philippians chapter 2, one of my favorite pa- passages, it says, and he emptied himself. And became obedient unto a cross. He emptied himself for us. Relationship. You had to be of the bloodline. Here's the second one. Resources. You had to have the, the whereabouts, the money, or, or the means to be the Redeemer. And we established that several weeks ago with Boaz. He was a wealthy man. He had the means to buy back the land and to support Ruth and Naomi and the children that would come. He had all that. The Redeemer must be able to redeem. And I wonder when we start thinking of Jesus Christ, did he have what it took to redeem us? You see, in the Old Testament story, it was about financial monetary things. But 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19 says it to us this way. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed. But with the precious what? blood of Jesus Christ, who is the lamb without blemish. He had the resources. In fact, I would say to you, he was the only one in history that had the resources to redeem us. And there's one other. He had to have the resolve. In the story with Boaz, he goes to the gate and has this this court hearing because there's another man that's in front of him in the line. And that man, if you come down to it, did not have the resolve. And yet, Boaz had the resolve. And I want to tell you how Jesus had the resolve. We already said that he emptied himself and came and died for us. Hebrews 9, 12 says it this way. He, Jesus, did not enter by the means of blood of goats and calves, But he entered the most holy place once and for all, here, listen to this, by his own blood. By his own blood. He had the resolve. He was the one that said, I am going to be the perfect sacrifice. I am going to be the one who will die on the cross for the sins of the world. The only one who could do it. Our great redeemer. He had the relationship, the resources, and he had the resolve to do it for you and me. Can you? I, that, I stand amazed at that. That the, the son of God would take it and leave it all to die for me. That's what he did. And then another thing about the family redeemer, you, you have some benefits. First of all, the benefits is that the family redeemer restores life. Naomi is restored to Joy. Naomi is restored to happiness. Her land is restored. Her her lineage is restored. And our great Redeemer, Jesus Christ, has come to restore us as well, to bring us back to him, to restore us to the right place. But not only restore, they also gets new life as well. The baby comes and Obed becomes the one that brings new life. And in the same way, our great Redeemer, when he died on the cross and rose again, brings us new life when we trust in him. What a great Redeemer. What a wonderful story for us to understand. That is the message of God to us through the book of Ruth. That is the message of God to us through the whole book of the Bible. That he has come to redeem us. You know what redemption means? Redemption means freedom freedom when you redeem something is you buy it back when you buy something back you give it freedom when jesus christ died on the cross he bought us back unto himself he gives us freedom that's what he gives us and so i close with this this morning as we get ready for the lord's supper have you been redeemed by the blood of the lamb have you been redeemed It's not about whether you're children your grandchildren your spouse what about you where are you in relationship with the with the one the only one who died on the cross for you have you been redeemed by the blood of the lamb